Welcome to the Weight Loss for Fertility podcast. When you're trying to get pregnant, whether naturally or with the help of a fertility doctor, weight loss can better your chances of success. I'm Dr. Stephanie Fine, and I help you do just that. Let's go. Hello, fabulous. It's so good to be with you. I hope you're having a wonderful summer. Love summer. And you're here with Dr. Stephanie Fine, and we're doing the Weight Loss for Fertility podcast. Love all things weight loss for fertility. Love it. And today we're talking about an important skill needed to be able to understand and resolve overeating, especially emotional eating. So, overeating is the only reason we gain weight ever. Okay. I'm just hearing my brain. That's not entirely true. Okay. So here's what, (laughs) because I just thought of all the water weight we can retain. So the uh, overeating is the only reason we gain fat. You will definitely see the scale increase hormonally often because of water retention. We're never talking about water retention. And in fact, that is a really important point. That's why we get on the scale. You can listen to the scale episode. That's why we can't make our day based on the number on the scale because so many things go into account. But we also may want to lose fat. And so that's the trick, right? And so when I'm talking about gaining weight, I'm only talking about gaining fat. And overeating is the only reason we gain fat. And so stopping overeating is the way we lose weight and get to our natural weight. And that's what we want. Also, it feels good to just eat what our body needs. We eat in response to what our body wants. We give it to it. Done. Fantastic. So that is our goal. We're going to stop overeating. And remember, overeating is anytime we're eating when we're not hungry. Okay, so that can mean eating once we've had enough and we keep eating, like finishing our plate, even though we're no longer hungry, that's overeating. But overeating is also emotional eating, eating for any other reason than hunger, like bored, sadness, frustration, any of those things. So emotional eating is overeating. It's if you're eating when you're not physically hungry. And one of the main things that we need to be able to stop overeating is understanding. We have to know why. We really must. It's slightly different for each of us. And so that's why each of us has to become a detective in our own self. Because we have to discover our own reason. It's the only way to stop overeating permanently. And remember, we're only ever talking about permanent weight loss here not brief moments of Kodak moments when we can take a picture of ourselves. We are talking about permanent food freedom, ease, forever. Because if we do it the way that the diet industry tells us to do it, we we have to use like willpower or we keep foods out of sight or we punish ourselves or even reward ourselves And all of that is temporary because we're not looking at the root cause. We're strong arming ourselves into weight loss. And that's 
only ever temporary. So we need to look at the root cause. It's like weeds that keep coming up unless you yank out the root system. If you just cut them at the ground level, they'll just keep popping up. That's what happens with weight loss when we're doing it in a way that's not permanent, when we're not looking to understand ourselves and our overeating, when we're just saying, eat Whole30. Never eat another carb. Those are not ways that will help us understand anything about ourselves. That's cutting it off at the ground level, the weed. We need to uproot it to permanently get rid of it. So that's this understanding, the understanding of that we overeat and that's the problem. And then we need to understand why so we can actually fix the actual issue. I promise you it's not carbs. It's deeper than that. That's why this root system idea is such a good analogy. So on our way to the to getting at the root, we need to be able to see it. We need to be able to know that there's roots there. So first of all, I have to tell you there are roots there. I think we've just gotten that. There are deeper reasons why it really isn't just that you want cupcakes. Sometimes we think it's just us. We think we don't have control, no willpower, we're lazy. There's something broken with us. We have deranged hormones or a weird metabolism or we've dieted too much or it's our age. It's not. It's literally not any one of those things. There's nothing about you as a human about the the root cause of overeating. It's an association you've made in your brain. It was a coping mechanism and not even a terrible one because it got the job done. You felt better when you ate but it's temporary and it has consequences that you no longer want. But it worked. So there's nothing wrong. It's just that now there's an association in there that we have to change. It's time to change it if you want to. And we can have the the brain association wired differently now. It takes some effort, but it's absolutely possible. And that's all that happened. You have a connection in your brain that's no longer useful to you. That's it. It's not a character flaw. It really is not. It's a circuit that we just, it's time to change. It worked. We can, And I even encourage us to say thank you. Thank you for it worked. Often we'll get this as a kid. It was one of the only things we had access to. Thank you for helping me get to this place and now I'm ready for change. So we can do different coping mechanisms now. Great. Let's do that. Now, in order for us to see, to understand our root cause of overeating, there's a skill we need. And we need to be able to observe ourselves and our thinking and our behavior. Now, ideally, we do this judgment-free. It's really important, but I think that's a whole other podcast because judgment is a killer. Okay, but for now, we're going to put that aside 
And what we need to do, as I said, observe ourselves in our thinking, right? So sometimes we only realize we've eaten the cupcake after we see the crumbs on the counter. It feels like we literally had, there was no thought whatsoever. It was completely automatic. There was a fog. I just, all of a sudden, all the chips are gone. That happens. What we need to do in order to get to the root cause of it is we need to slow that process down in our brains. Just slow that puppy down because we need to see what the thoughts are. We want to get to the point of seeing it before we do it. We want to see our brain thinking the thought, oh, I know a cupcake will help this situation. Right now, it may be that that thought is it's not consciously thought in your brain. It's just all of a sudden you're eating a cupcake. But I promise you there is a thought in there that leads to a behavior. And we want to know what that thought is. It might be, I'm so sad. I know, let's eat a cupcake. That may be the sequence, and that's so helpful because when we know we're sad, we can change it to, I'm sad, I need a cupcake, to I'm sad, I need a hug. I'm sad, I need to cry. I'm sad, I need a moment on the couch with a blanket. I'm sad, I need to pet my puppy. But we can't do that until we see the the way we're doing it now. And that is the place we want to go. That's where we're getting to. Okay, so there is a behavior change timeline. I may have spoken about this before. It's really an important concept. It's this idea that first we want to even know that that there's a possibility. We, we, want, we want to know that there's a behavior that I want to change. Amazing. That's first. Then what happens is we start to notice it after it's done, like the crumbs on the counter. Okay. Awesome. That's a step forward when we notice that. Like, oh, that was overeating. That was unintentional eating. That was eating when I wasn't hungry. As we get more intentional about that, we start noticing a little earlier. Because it may take us two weeks to be like, oh, that was emotional eating. Oh, yeah, that was a hard time. And I see all the times I ate emotionally. Amazing. Amazing. Two weeks later, fantastic. Way better than never. Then we may get a week later. Then we may get a day later we notice what we're doing. Then we may get an hour later. Then we may get during. So good. Then it happens before. We start to see the thinking. We start to be able to have enough space to make a different choice. And there we go. Different coping mechanisms. Yay us. And then once we make that change, it's a forever change. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect every time, but it is something then we can practice. It's a skill we then have a handle on. That's the the timeline that happens. And in order for us to even get on the behavior change train, even the caboose, we need to be aware of a few things. One, that we want to change. Two, that it's possible. And three, that it's a process. Now, and the process that takes a little time, that's like what I just talked to you about. The two weeks, one week, what, I mean, yours may be different, but you see what I'm saying. There's a timeline to it. 
And also remember, it, the process is not a straight line process. That just, you, like, you do the two weeks, then one week, then one day, then one hour, then before, done. It's like two steps forward, three steps back kind of thing. But you're learning the entire time, every time you're learning. And that just builds on your ability to do this. So valuable. If you keep open to it, you just keep progressing. You keep advancing. And it really gets easier and easier. Truly. It really does. Now, all this was just the setup for the topic for today. (laughs) All that. That is so important. I, I'm going to do the judgment podcast next, I think, because that's an important piece. And, and I just did that whole setup and it'll be valuable for next week. But today's topic is the shortcut. So I want to tell you about the shortcut. We can speed the process along a little bit. And the the process, as I've explained, we want to be able to identify the behaviors, the times when we eat when we're not hungry. And the best way to do that is to observe yourself and your behaviors and your thoughts, all the things that are going on in your brain. And so the best way to get good at observing your brain is meditation. That's right, meditation. Did you just like, ugh, when I said meditation? No, let me tell you something. I am not a good meditator. Oh, my goodness. My brain is busy, 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 busy. It loves to go on little tangents. It loves planning. It's like if I sit for five minutes, I can, you know, plan out my entire five years or, you know, how to best do with the party for next week. You know, I mean, like my brain is not a fan of meditating. And still, I do it. Now, I do it as a practice. And that's what I want to talk to you about. I'm here to try to convince you to do a five-minute practice each day. I do a five-minute practice. Now, I'm sure there are, I mean, I know there are many, many benefits to like 30 minutes twice a day. It's amazing. There's so, I'm not talking about those benefits for right now. I am only talking about meditating as practice for being able to observe your thoughts and your behaviors. So I have a goal with this meditation. Again, it's like one of those things, like if you do five minutes and you love it, of course you can do a million. It's like same with walking. You know, if you get outside and you just tell yourself you're just going to walk for 10 minutes, but you're already outside, you do it longer, amazing. But I don't have that agenda for you. I really have a five-minute meditation practice agenda. And the agenda is simply to have the, to practice observing your thoughts. Because if you do it intentionally, then you'll know what it feels like in the moment. It's it's really a muscle. So like if you, you know, work out muscles at the gym and then when you pick up the groceries, you're like, oh, that was a lot easier. Yes, that's exactly what we're doing with the five minutes of meditation. So when you catch your thoughts, you'll be like, oh, it's going to be so much easier because you'll have the practice from the meditation. So when I'm talking about meditation, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about five minutes. You can set a timer, like any old regular timer that comes on your phone or like in the kitchen. I mean, whatever, a timer. It doesn't have to be anything. There are a million meditation apps. I am not talking about guided meditations. I am literally talking about five minutes. So a timer is really all you need. They do have 
like I think insight timer, that's a timer I use for meditation. And that counts your days. So if you love that, like if you love knowing, oh, I have a 200 day streak, amazing. You don't need that, but you can. And if that makes it more fun for you, please do it. But we're not talking about music and guided and anything. We're talking about five minutes of your breath. Like, okay, so this is the way that I do it. I actually, I don't even have a mantra, but I, when I catch my brain just thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, the way that I bring it back is I say to myself, all is well. I got that from Louise Hay. Love Louise Hay. All is well. It's so comforting to me because always in the moment that I'm saying it, it's true. Especially if I'm somewhere where I'm meditating, I'm just breathing and all is well. And if I keep saying to myself, all is well, that's when I I can notice the space around that thought of all is well. And then what happens is my brain goes, thinks of something else that I have to do in the day and why isn't this done and what did she mean when she said that? You know what I mean? Like your, your brain. And as soon as I catch it, which could be in a couple seconds or it could be in a couple minutes, I bring it back to all as well. And that is the muscle. The muscle is the bringing it back. So the truth is you get better at the skill I'm talking about when your brain does go off in meditation. When it goes off, you bring it back goes off, bring it back. The bring it back is the muscle. So that when you're in the middle of eating, you your brain may bring it back to the moment. And that's what we want because we want to notice. We just want to notice what's going on in the moment. We want to know what the thoughts are in the moment. So it's the bringing back muscle that we are strengthening by this meditation practice. Breathing is also a good one. You don't have to breathe in any particular way, but you can just label your breathing like in, out, in, out. That is always something, like if you don't have a a sentence or a a word that you like to use, you could just focus on the breathing because it's just always there. So pick one of those things, a word, breathing, something, but something that you come back to because remember, that's the muscle. When our brain starts thinking, and it will, we just bring it back to the word or the breathing. That is the practice. You can do that for one minute. I pick five randomly because it's less than 10. (laughs) But you can pick any amount of time. I also like five minutes because it's not that long. Five minutes. I, I got five minutes. And that practice is everything. So the bring it back muscle is the muscle that helps you notice when you're unconscious with your eating, right? Because we sort of went unconscious with our thoughts. We were able to notice that we were going unconscious with our thoughts. We bring it back. That's what we do in meditation. And that's what we're practicing to do when we're eating unconsciously. So that's that bring it back muscle. The other thing we want to do with meditation is when we are in the part where our brain isn't going off on its own, when we're either saying all is well or watching our breathing, what we're also doing is noticing that thoughts are coming into our brain. But if we don't hold on to them and start going with them, then we can just notice that they pass on through. So 
if I'm saying all is well, and I'm meditating on all is well, and I'm my brain is calm, I may notice a thought that says, this is boring. And if I don't go with, yeah, this is so boring. Why am I doing it? I can't believe I'm spending this time. Boy, I really have a lot to do. There's a, okay. If I, if I don't do that, and I just have the thought, this is boring, it just goes on by. And people talk about seeing the sentence or feeling it, or you'll have a different way that your brain interprets it, but it's just a thought springs up. And if we don't hold on to it or grab it, if we just let it float through, it will, it'll just pass. That's the other skill I want you to develop when we do this meditation. And the reason for that is because I want you to notice thoughts. Also, it's good to see that thoughts just come in our head. That's, you know, lungs breathe, hearts beat, brains think. They're just, they just generate thoughts. They don't have to mean anything. So I actually don't even have to be bored and my brain might say, this is boring. But if I don't make it mean that I'm doing meditation wrong or that I'm not supposed to be bored or anything like that, I can just let that thought pass right on through. Getting into the practice of letting thoughts pass through, but noticing them, that's the other skill we want because we want to know what those thoughts are. That's how we find out, oh, I remembered that I was sad about that and then I was eating a cupcake. I noticed the sadness and then I noticed the sentence, I need a cupcake. So we want to notice when our brain goes off on its own and we hold on to it and go down a rabbit hole. We also want to notice when we're just having thoughts floating through our brain. This is how we learn to observe. This is how meditation shortcuts this process of understanding our overeating. The other piece, I'll touch on it here a little bit, but I will get into this next week. It's also a great place to practice non-judgment because if you start judging yourself like, oh, I'm terrible at meditating. Why do I like that? No, we're not doing that. We know that the brain's going to do this. We already know. We don't need to criticize anything. The brain will 100% do it for sure. So there's no criticizing. We're like, yep, brains are going to brain. It's just going to do its thing. So we can, if we notice any critical thoughts, we can just release them and then bring it back. All is well. This is such an important piece. The observing. And this shortcut with meditation, meditation will help you stop overeating. It will help you see your current thoughts, understand how they affect your current behavior, and gently shift them to support your new way of eating. Gently. Did you hear that word? So it's permanent and it feels fine. It's not painful. This is how we do it permanent. This is how we gently pull up the roots of the weeds. It's always my goal for you. Painless, permanent weight loss. It's possible. And this is the start. So try it and let me know how it goes. DM me on Instagram at stephaniefinemd or you can always contact me at the website stephaniefinemd.com. I am sending you so much love. 
You can do this. Give it a start. Have such a good week. If you follow, share, rate and review this podcast, you'll be helping it reach others just like you and making their journey with weight loss and fertility just a bit easier. Lighten their load. Share in your groups and social media. Thank you, fabulous.